0: Before we start, I wanted to um, just start out by talking to you guys about uh, Christmas sermons. Who here has heard a lot of Christmas sermons before in their life? I've heard many. How many people have gotten to the point where sometimes you're like, okay, I know what this one's about, or we are just going to turn it off a little bit? I've been there. I know I have. Um, But I want you guys to take a moment um, and do some reflection, inward reflection, and uh, spend some time uh, praying to God and saying, God, show me something new, because who here knows that God's word is powerful, God's word is refreshing, and God's word is present. It is just, it's so critical to what we're doing in our everyday lives. If you know that, can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. So we are going to go ahead uh, and get into this, but just pray that God will bring something fresh to you uh, through this sermon. Um, Now I have a question for you guys. Who knows what a shepherd is? Get some hands. Tim, what's a shepherd? Woo! Awesome. (laughs) So we're going to have a couple of those here today. I'll ask some questions because this is geared towards you. Yeah. So (laughs) Awesome. Yes, the shepherd takes care of sheep. But what I want to do is take a little bit of a closer look at what shepherds were viewed as uh, in Jesus' day, in that first century time frame. Um, And and there were two kinds of shepherds that we see in the Bible. The first kind was uh, nomadic. So they didn't have homes, and they didn't have places where they lived. And they just kind of traveled around from town to town leading their sheep. Um, The second type of uh, shepherd kind of uh, resided in their towns and tended to their sheep in the meadows that were surrounding their towns. So kind of more like farming as we would think today. So we we have those uh, two types of shepherds, but both of those types of shepherds were kind of viewed in the same way. The culture of that time looked at uh, shepherds as dirty and unclean people. And according to the Jewish people of the time, shepherds didn't clean properly and they considered them unclean and even despised them. These were the outcasts, the lowest of the low, the people that they didn't want to associate with. And in fact, shepherds were not even allowed into the synagogues uh, of the time. And uh, I, I just learning about shepherds and what they had to go through, it reminds me of this show, Dirty Jobs. Who here has seen Dirty Jobs before? Yes, Dirty Jobs is awesome and really gross. Um, <laughs> the host would follow people um, who, had, who worked at jobs that would be considered either dangerous or disgusting. And you, you saw things um, like people that were working on, in logging, the logging industry, um, and things like Rattlesnake Catcher, which, no deal for me. No, absolutely not. I cannot handle that. I will run. Um, Things like a zoo cleaner, which it's not as fun as you think it would be. You think, oh, I'm going to play with the animals. No, poop. Um, <laughs> yes, and, and roadkill cleaner or roadkill collector, um, which is another one that is like, ugh, I hold my breath when we drive past things. Uh, me and my wife will will take turns trying to smell the air and see if it's fresh yet for us to breathe. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> But in Jesus' time, people who had jobs that would be considered dirty wouldn't even be allowed into their synagogues, into the churches of the time. And uh, what I want to do is take a look at what God teaches us through the birth of Jesus by using these people. So what I'd like everybody to do now is open your Bibles to Psalm uh, 72.9. And I'm sorry I don't have slides for you guys, um, but... I'll read it off for you. Um, Desert nomads will bow before him. His enemies will fall before him in the dust. Now, if you're looking at this psalm, do you guys see who this is about? It says, of, and then it has a name. Of Solomon, yes. And so, um, throughout scripture, what you're going to see is that um, there's these descriptions of kings. And it sounds like, you know, they're describing only this king, but there's a little bit to it, a little bit more to it. And um, what we see is that not all of the things that are describing Solomon are actually just about him. And we can tie this to the Messiah. And so um, if you guys want to take a look through scripture, um, an amazing study to do is to take a look at all of the prophecies about Jesus and then tie it back to what he did. Um, it's a really cool thing to do. Um, I think Bible Gateways has something for that, that you can tie it back through. Just a really awesome study, uh, to look at. But, uh, what this series is that I was talking about with the youth is all about the prophets telling people about Jesus's birth hundreds of years before it happened. And we get to see how those prophecies came true when we read about Jesus's birth and the references to those original prophecies. And this shows us that God had planned Jesus' birth from the beginning of time. Isn't that amazing? That God had a plan before we were even thought of. Right? Before your parents thought of you, before your parents' parents thought of you, before your great-great-great-great-great-grandparents were born, God had a plan for how he was going to save this humanity. God has each of us in mind. And, uh, and the amazing thing is, um, about Jesus' birth is that it teaches us so much. There are so many lessons that we can learn just from the birth of Jesus. Um, and I want you guys to be thinking, what is this passage telling us? Who are the people that this particular passage is talking about? This passage tells us that God has chosen the dirtiest and the most unclean people to be the first to bow before the Messiah, not the religious leaders, not the rich people, or the politicians of the time. This prophecy um, only, but this prophecy only means something if it actually happened. And so, what I want to do is shift gears a little bit here. We're going to flip to Luke two eight through fifteen. Um, this is going to be one that you guys have heard many times before. But that night, there were shepherds. Staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, "Don't be afraid," he said. "I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign: you will find a baby wrapped wrapped snugly in strips of cloth." lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So, um, I, when you look at the birth of Jesus, there is a lot that goes into it, right? There's a lot of little parts and pieces and you learn about uh, things all the way from the, the virgin birth uh, to an evil king to wise men to shepherds. I mean, there's just so much that goes into, us, into this. So if this is a part of the story that you haven't heard, um, don't feel bad about it because I think it's easy for us to sometimes overlook the small things, right? To overlook the little details, um, but this is one of those small lessons that, that God is teaching us here that just means so much more. Now, when we look at this, we know that what is being said in the psalm, psalm seventy two nine is true. Right? Men of wilderness, it says in there, or shepherds, were visited by an angel who told them about Jesus' birth. And that they then stopped what they were doing and went to see him bowing down to God's greatness. Isn't that amazing? He dropped it, and they went. So, so what do you guys think this uh, means about Jesus' birth? See, God revealed Jesus' birth to the humble shepherds, not the kings, not the religious leaders. God knew if he revealed Jesus' birth to the so-called upper class, um, no one would have listened to to the voice of uh, an angel or had the time to look up at the sky to see the greatest performance ever uh, staged on sky. Isn't that just something that that's really amazing that God understood that the people that had no time for anything because they're so worried about gaining all their riches and maintaining their kingdom, that's not who he revealed himself to. Um, If it had been Uh, the religious leaders of the day, they probably would have stood there and debated the angel over the prophecies. And we see that later in Jesus' life, right? When he's uh, speaking the gospel and about the kingdom of God, all it was was just a fight back and forth with the uh, Pharisees. And um, if a king had been told he might have brought amazing gifts to Jesus, he might have had this uh, treasure trove that he could have brought for Jesus, but he might have plotted Get rid of him, which we also see. So yes, the the shepherds may have ranked the lowest on their social ladder. They may have have been the ones that were outside of everything that they were doing, the outcasts, the ones that people didn't want anything to do with. They didn't smell good. They didn't look good. They didn't have any money. They just wanted them out of their lives, and they were dirty. Um, But they had the wisdom to know when to hurry and when to stand still and listen. When, um, when the call came, they acted at once, and they uh, went to see baby Jesus before anyone else. So they learned to, that, about that call to action, that get up and go. God chose the unhurried, the humbled, and believing shepherds to be the first one to see Jesus. Now, we're going to watch a video clip here, and it's from one of my favorite movies, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, (laughs) I love that movie, and it's the one with Jim Carrey in it, and I just think that he is pretty funny in this. Um, It's about four minutes long, but uh, we're going to talk about it afterwards, and we're going to talk about how this connects back to what we're talking about in this Movie, you see that they are having their holiday jubilation, and they are looking for their cheermeister, the person who exemplifies cheer the most. Um, And so the obvious candidate to the mayor is himself. And I love how smug he is at the end. He's like more, more or less. Um, (laughs) But what he's looking for in a this cheermeister is not necessarily what it was. What it was meant for and so um, What Cindy Lou who says is that maybe we should give it to the Grinch the person who was on the outskirts Of their society and 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 you might be wondering what this clip has to do with Jesus's birth Um, But it's a great illustration showing us that it's sometimes really hard to love certain people And it's much easier for us to uh, notice those who deserve our love and compassion. How many times um, have you found it easier to love the people that are good to you and help you and are uh, kind? How, how much easier is it to be nice to the people that are like that to us? Um, and how much harder is it to be nice to somebody who hates us? I can say that it's been difficult for me. It can be very difficult to actually love those who don't deserve it. But the truth is that none of us actually deserve God's love because we all sin. We've all fallen short. But he loves us anyway. And because of that love, it's up to us to show his love to others, whether we think they deserve it or not. In our culture today, everyone loves the popular person, the good-looking person, the rich person, the person who has a million followers, the person who is making the best videos. Um, it, it's really easy for us to love that person. But it, it can be hard to look down on people, or it, it can be easy to look down on people who don't have that. And it, it can get to uh, where those people that are not on the inn, the people who are the outcasts, are made fun of and hurt. And here's the amazing thing of what we get to take away from today is that in the earliest of times before Jesus' birth, God chose the dirty and outcast people to be the first to see him. Jesus' birth shows us um, that he was sent here to love everyone, not just the popular not just the smart or the pretty people, not just the people that we get along with the most at work, not just the people that are in our neighborhood that make the least amount of noise, not just the people that are driving the right way on 95, right? It's for everyone. So our bottom line today is this. God loves everyone, showing us that we should love everyone. What can we do this week? To share God's love with our neighbors. What can we do this week to tell people about this amazing gift that we've been given? We have the perfect opportunity. Christmas is right around the corner. Everybody's talking about it. You hear it in stores all the time, Christmas music. You hear it way too early. (laughs) But this is our chance to tell people, Guys, this is what Jesus did in my life. And now something that I hear a lot is that you have to know someone, you have to have a relationship with them to share the gospel. And I would argue against that and say, we need to share the gospel now. We have to tell them today. Because if we hold that in, how are they going to believe us when we say this is the only thing that can save your life? This is the only thing that's going to give you a relationship with God. We need to tell them now, God loves you. bow our heads Father we just thank you so much for all of the blessings that you put in our lives God we pray that as we go through this week that you help us to share your good news to share your gospel to share the gift that we've been given God whether the person is our best friend or the outcast the person that is against us God help us to share everything that you have for us with them in your name we pray